Hi, you're here with um, Shannon Rowe once again for Shut Up and Do It. This is podcast number three, and this one is on why do people rent? Shan, why do you think people rent? Well, whether it's a novice opinion or not, I think people rent because they can't afford Mm -hmm. to buy their own house or perhaps they can't come up with the deposit that's required and they have a lot of expenses which perhaps may not enable them to pay off a mortgage. Mm. That's my Mm. thoughts. Certainly. I mean... For me, when I was growing up, like my, my parents basically said, you know what, don't go, don't, don't rent, stay at home, save your deposit and then buy a house. So, so I guess I was, I was brought up with like, oh, you shouldn't rent. And funny enough, if I had my time over though, I actually probably would rent. Because here's the thing with, um, with renting, you don't pay for home insurance, you don't pay for rates. There's a lot of bills that you don't pay for which would have actually given me more capital to, to then go and invest. But typically, yeah, this, this for me is like a, is a good topic because in order to have a rental property, I needed to understand what it was that made people rent in the first place because that then told me, gave me some, some ideas as to what is it that a renter who is effectively my customer would be looking for. So, so yeah, I think you, you're right, Shane, that the majority of people when it comes to, to renting it's because they don't have the money for a deposit. You know, it's because they, they live from week to week. Some people just don't have the finances. Some people have debt. You know, some people have lifestyle um, things that, um, that take all the money that they've got. And, and what I've seen is um, it's, it's everybody from, from people that have a low income to people that have a high income that, that rent. The, with the people that are, have a high income, typically it's a lifestyle thing. For, for instance, you can rent a place that's worth millions of dollars for only a fraction of the cost to rent, as opposed to if you decided to buy that place, well, you need to have the mortgage and then you need to have all the stuff that, that goes with it. So so there's there's a multitude of different reasons why, why people rent. But uh, but I guess for, for me, when I've, when I've looked at a property, one of the things that I look for first is vacancy rates in, in the location. I look for low vacancy rates and I look for the, the history of the vacancy rates because that, that tells me a lot about what I'm going into. And, and I guess as, as we've talked about previously with property, it's calculated risk. So for me, understanding why people rent, why in people in certain areas rent has, has become quite, um, quite a bit of an analysis because in understanding that, it helps me to take out some of the risk with, with the investment properties that, um, that I look at. And, and I guess, like I said, for, for me, if I was to do things over, I probably would be a renter. And I think the term that they, they call it is a rent vesta, where, where effectively the, the property that you, you live in, you rent it, and then you use that money to, to invest in other properties. With that said, you know, there, there is something to, to own your own home where should I choose to, to sell the house that, um, that we live in, I don't pay capital gains, which is, which is great. So as it goes up over time, great. And, and I've seen people that uh, they get they get caught up in that going, well, you know what, you know, I've bought a house and it's making a lot of money and when I sell it, I'll be rich. It's great. The only problem is you still need to go live somewhere. So, so yeah, so that's, that's also where, where renting comes in, comes in handy. Yeah. Chan, any thoughts? 
Well, you know, similarly to you, and certainly within our family being immigrants, the dream is you come to Australia, if you buy a house and you have mm. something to leave for your kids, one house, you've made it. Mm. True. You know? Yeah. And yeah, definitely like, um, yeah, that is the, the Australian dream. Um, certainly it was a dream that, that I grew up hearing that, you know, everybody, you know, you study, you get a job, then you settle down and you buy your own house. And I do talk about this in, in a lot more detail in, in the book as well, where, um, you know, observing what it was like, the, the great Australian dream. And I remember TV shows and advertisements when I was growing up that talked about the Australian dream. You know, the white picket fence, the, the house, the, the backyards, the barbecues, all that sort of stuff. And, and in today's world, you know, that's, that seems to be getting further and further from, from being a, a reality for, for a lot of people. You know, I've got people that I, I know of, people that work in, in beauty, for instance, where, you know, they're, they've, they've lived all their life in, in a rental property. Yeah, and their parents did that, and their parents did that, and and that was that was common, and that's still common. And the whole concept of of owning their own home is is a foreign prospect. You know, some some of them even say that well, it's it's actually a um, it's how do they put it um, social engineering to to trick you into um, in, into um, being a worker because you, you you know you have this thing that you you're always trying to to have like a, like a carrot. But I don't think that's true. I think I think that um, it is possible to to have a good lifestyle and rent, so long as you understand what you're doing with your money, and and I think this for me this is this is one of the key things. Whether you're making fifty dollars or five hundred dollars or five thousand dollars, if you don't understand what you're doing with the money, it disappears. Mm. And certainly, I've got friends where I've got one friend in particular who is a rocket scientist. Funny enough, he started out in security and um, then he did his uh, courses and he's a certified rocket scientist. He has always rented. He lives in a two bedroom apartment in in the city. He's on a very good wage, but um, you know, he he struggles to, you know, and I do ask him on occasions like, oh, you know, you've been been living in the city for so long. Um, you're on a you're on a good wage. You've been like that for a while. You've got two kids, and you're in a two bedroom apartment. That's got to be stressful. You don't have a backyard. You don't have like a, a place to, you know, to yeah, you know, for the kids to, to go and play. And his his response is, well, we can't afford it. You know, we, we don't have the funds to, to do it. And you know, the kids they they're in the city. They can there's a lot of parks. They can we you know they can go to the parks and we go to the parks on the weekends and and take the kids out. But we're we're close to everything, and it's got everything that we need, and you know we don't need a car. And and one of the things I I do remember asking him at some point is like, well, how do you you know what sort of budget do you have? And I got a blank look from his face, and his response is, what budget? You know, I I don't even have the money to to come up with a budget. And I think that that thinking's false. Even if you don't have money, it doesn't mean that you don't budget. To know how much you're losing is a, is the first step to, to learning how much you can actually save, because that by by budgeting and understanding where the money is being being used, you can then start to get creative. You can look at different ways to, to do things. It may be as simple as shopping in different locations and finding ways to, to save some money. It may be the fact that um, you know you realize that hey, we're paying for Uber every every night, whereas if we did something a little bit differently, or if maybe we 
peel back on that, we'd have something to, you know, we'd have some money left over. And, and for me, that's, that's always been the, the trick is to try to have more money left over at the end of the month than what goes out. And, and for me, that, that's been the cornerstone to, to being able to, to create wealth. First, finding the money to, to do it with or finding, finding enough money to, to convince a bank that I'm a safe bet. Shan, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I know people are so unique and, and so different, but I think a budget is crucial because sometimes if you actually you know, have your, your wage that you get and then you actually start writing down where it's going, I think mm. it can be quite eye-opening and yeah. you're going to think, is this what I'm working for? Mm. You know? Um, and certainly, again, only my experience, like credit cards, like with my credit card, I might have some debits going off, but if I want to buy something, I'll save and buy it. I, yeah. I can wait. I don't have to have it now. So I think by doing that over, you know, my homeowning life has really put me in good stead to now, you know, start to property invest. Mm. Uh, and as you say, each one is different. Each one has different ideas and concepts of what they want to do. But I just, oh, I couldn't just throw my money away with, and, and just simple things. Like at work, all the team buy a coffee in the morning, say $5. You buy that five days a week, that's $25. That's $25 they're spending that I'm not spending. Mm. I have my coffee in the morning at home and off I go to work. Yeah. They're buying lunch every day, say mm. 10 $15. I've taken some stuff from home. Yeah. So it's even those the simplest, the smallest things hmm. that can get that that saving yeah. started. Yeah, and, and it's funny that you mentioned coffee. I love my coffee. And um, you know, I I have a, a person that uh, that I work with and she loves her coffee too. And we were looking at you know, and, and normally on a Saturday, you know, we'll we'll get a, a coffee and it's like from, from a local like cafe shop and it's about four dollars fifty. And you know, for her, she buys it every day of the week. So first thing in the morning, she, she goes to the coffee shop, buys a coffee. And then we're, you know, for, for one reason or another, we were looking at coffee machines. And you know, we were looking at some of the, the really cool and funky, funky machines you can get out there. And um, there's one that I liked, which was a Seiko unit. And I saw that secondhand unit was 350 bucks. I'm thinking, okay, cool. You know, that costs a bit of money. Well. Let, let's do a bit of analysis on it. So, so we worked out, okay, well, she, she buys two coffees a day. She works five days a week. Now, now actually, we, we did the math on, on one coffee a day, right? And it turned out over the course of the, the year, that was $1,236. We then did the math on like, okay, if we bought a coffee machine and beans, that turned out to be $350 for the coffee machine and you know going to to safeway and getting the the 12 specials um, or woolworths as, as some people will call it we we found that you would spend around about 200 on coffee and milk for the year depending on the type of milk that you get and you'd have the same quality coffee and that was just a, a simple way but the ongoing because for the first year we'd, ha- we'd have to buy the machine and you factor in like okay well maybe some wear and tear in the machine and then you factor in like, um, okay, the beans. It turned out over time, we actually would save money where we got the coffee down to under a dollar. And that, whilst it's, it sounds a, bit, um, sounds a bit fluffy, it sounds a bit like um, snooty, yes, I'll, I'll admit that, 
but it's it's an example of where and this person by the way rents and has always rented she's looked at it and she's gone you know by doing this i'm saving a month's worth of rent a year every year and that was a great example of, of just how a simple thing doing doing something a little bit different but getting the same result in the end will actually save and and create some some more wealth for her wealth that she you know that's bigger than any pay rise that she'll she'll ever get in a year and she's not doing anything different and she's not going well she has she's doing something a little bit different she's she's pushing a button on the machine to to make the coffee as opposed to walking next door and getting one but but the result is the same however the money going in is less and the return is better that's i think that's a well, that was an interesting example, but uh, yeah, I thought it was, um, it's quite, it, it's pretty much um, a small thing that creates a big thing. And if you, if you think about all the different things that you, you spend on, and like you said, like once you've got a budget and you see all the things that you spend on, because half, half the battle is a lot of what we spend on, it disappears because we don't, it's a, it's a transactional thing and you forget about it. And I think also now, because we're not using cash, you can often forget you've got your Netflix subscription, you've got your Stan subscription, you've got your Spotify. So I think you're not actually taking that money out of your wallet and giving it away. Mm. So I think it's so easily forgotten. And sometimes, you know, you do, you get on a trial for something, you forget about it, you don't even notice. Yeah. All these things now are the challenges that we didn't have, you know, oh mm. God, we're sounding old now, years ago. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that that's really telling. Mm. You know, that's quite a revelation. You sit there, oh shit! I've got my Stan subscription. That's fifteen dollars. I've got my Netflix. That's another twelve, and it all adds up. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think budgeting really is yeah, is a definitely. Great tool. And yeah, and I guess for for those that have don't have my book, am I promoting book? Yes, I am. But in it, I've got my spreadsheet that that I use. Now, it is not the most. Um, revolutionary thing does it have pivot tables and lots of no it's very simple you know one plus one is two but uh but i chart out like i show how i show what i do like every week i've got a, a table of money coming in and money going out and and i make a game of it like you know all my expenses for for that week i put down and i and i don't go into the eight degree saying all right toilet rolls are on sale so i bought them cheap it's like a it's like a total like okay how much did i spend on groceries how much do we spend on loans how much did i spend on insurances and stuff and and i I jot those down and i make it a game to always try to have the incoming being better being greater than the outgoing all right and and two two great things come from that one i save money because i see where it's going but two it creates history so I know next year for that month what to expect. So I don't get hit with bills that I haven't already pre-budgeted for. So I've got the awareness of what's coming in. And as a result of that, I'm able to forecast. I know exactly how much I need and how much I'm going to spend. But yes, yeah, so I think we're, we're out of time for now. We're definitely over time. But thanks for, for not falling asleep. And thanks for listening to, to Shannon and I. And um, shut up and do it. Shut up and do it.